If you've struggled with stress, balance, or burnout, and simply feel discouraged or even defeated, and if you're ready to move from force to flow and enjoy ultimate Zen success in your career, health, or relationships, then the Zen Success Show is for you. Your host, Carissa Sims, is an entrepreneur, corporate consultant, best-selling author, meditation teacher, and healer who has found her own Zen success. Here's your host, Carissa Sims. Welcome to this week's episode of Zen Success. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Brent Michael Phillips. Let me share a little bit about Brent. He was a successful MIT-trained engineer who experienced a staggering physical challenge when his arm became immobile and frozen at the elbow after a surgery. That must have been scary. Today, Brent is the founder of Awakening Dynamics, an internationally known and best-selling author and speaker And the media has called him the number one most powerful American healer and spiritual teacher. Welcome, Brent. I'm excited to be here. This is great. Woohoo! I I just like, I was so excited when your publicist reached out to me and I, I just, I hadn't heard of you. And I was like, oh my gosh, I need to know him. I need to know what he's up to, what his journey is. So I had a general question. Do you feel that anyone can be a healer? Yes, absolutely. Mm. Everyone can be a healer. Um, I'd say it's roughly equivalent to driving a car. Okay. I'd say for the most part. Like you need school or practice. Right, exactly. Well, the parallel park. (laughs) Almost anyone can drive a car. But it does take some training and practice, right? There are people with really severe disabilities that may not be able to. But any more or less healthy adult human, if they're willing to put in the time and effort, can learn to drive a car pretty easily, right? Mm. Of course we can. Now, it doesn't mean everyone's going to be a NASCAR champion or win the Indy 500. Of course, there are people that have natural talent, ability, passion, connections born into the industry. There's all sorts of advantages and disadvantages. But healing is just like that. If you if you are capable of driving a car, you're more than capable of being a healer. And heck, even people with severe physical disabilities can be healers. And that was, in fact, the main reason why I became a professional healer. I had so many injuries, so many limitations. I had been told over and over by doctors, by work counselors, by corporate retrainers, all these different kinds of people. Sorry, man, you're you're so bad off. There's just nothing we can do with you. And, you know, they put me in a program. We're going to get him a job. And at the end, they go, nope, disability. This guy's worthless. Oh, my God. How did that feel? It it was pretty crushing. Yeah, admittedly, by the time I got there, I was so numb and depressed. I didn't feel much. Oh, I see. I I really didn't feel much at that point. And it's because it's funny that uh, can everyone be a healer? Yes. I think one of the best things every single person here watching, listening, do most people watch or listen? Is every podcast a little too? Okay, yeah. Most, most people, people listen. listen. Yeah. yeah, most people listen in the car. But for those that are watching, you can see me get a little excited here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, when I had my DNA done, it turns I'm one percent Italian and Greek, which makes I sense. You didn't know a, that? 
I, I've always talked with my hands yeah. and no one else in my family does. So oh, it's, it's some, okay. It's some but you didn't know that before. No, you I didn't know that. Okay. I had no idea. Right. But I'm always the, you know, the talking with the hands thing. Right. Yeah. So I think it's one of the best things you can do because mm. imagine if you could become a decent lawyer in a weekend for $500, you might want to do that. Even if you have no interest in practice in the law, why, you know, you could notarize your own documents or, you know, review your own contracts. It would save you a lot of things, right? And healing's like that. If it just saves you, helps you heal one issue, one injury, one illness, saves you a couple days of, of sick days at work, it'll more than pay for itself. And you don't have to be a world-class professional. Just like most people who have a driver's license, I have a driver's license. You have a driver's license? Sure. How, how worried are you about winning the Indy 500 next year? I'm not. not exactly. We don't care. So absolutely. I think everyone should learn to be a healer. One of the troubles is a lot of healing is wrapped up in so much mysticism and mm -hmm. occult and new age mythology. It's hard to separate the truth from, from the myth. Interesting. That that's kind of the challenge. My goal is to give people the truth and the myth is fun, but we want to be clear. It's a myth. For example, Santa Claus really has nothing to do with Christmas. I know. I I right? haven't told my kids that yeah. they still believe. My, yeah, my, my son is 12 and uh, he says he still believes, but I think he's doing the same thing I did. Uh huh. He's saying he still believes because he's worried he won't get as many presents if we find yeah, the truth, right? Exactly. So, so my son is 11 and then I have an eight-year-old daughter. So, and they still get way into it and elf on a shelf and all that. And I'm yeah, just yeah. like, oh God, I'm so over the Santa Claus. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> the yeah, but the thing is, Santa Claus has nothing to do with Christmas. That's a, they, right. Exactly. Right. It's just a mythology that's grown up around it. Mm -hmm. And many people love the Santa Claus myth much more than, much more than the teachings of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Right. Santa Claus is fun. He's colorful. He gives presents. Kids love him. Right. So mm -hmm. that's what's happened to energy healing. All the new age stuff is like the Santa Claus myth. It's fun. It's cool. There's nothing wrong with it. But it's kind of for children. There's also the real thing that's there. And that's my specialty is I want to show you what's really there. Mm -hmm. It will strip off all the new age mythology and all the hugs and nonsense. And it's like, hey, there are laws of the hugs universe. And yeah. Well, that's <laughs> from my perspective, a lot of it is unnecessary. <laughs> is there anything wrong with hugging? Of course not. Hugging's great, right? <laughs> but, you know, it, it, it's like touchy feely, lovey, well, all that stuff. You're just like straight. You know, well, what, what I remembered is like, for example, I think meditation is really important, it's good stuff. Everyone really should have some kind of meditation practice. I think it would improve your life. But occasionally I go to a class and they start the class with a 30-minute silent meditation. And I'd be like, that's great, but why am I paying it for a class? Right? I can meditate silently at home. Teach me something. Yeah, I meditate on my on my own in the morning. Exactly. Evening. Right. So, yeah, that, that, so that's all. And yeah. uh, it's funny, though, because the reason I feel this way is my origin. I'm really, I never intended to be a healer or a new ager. That's just one of the things that happened along the way, right? Mm -hmm. I grew up, I was a huge nerd. I figured I'd be a computer programmer my whole life. Because mm -hmm. that was the one thing when I was young that I was really talented at that was also a legitimate career, right? Yeah, that's awesome. Yep. Yeah. That's I, I remember when, when I was growing up, most of the boys either wanted to be a, a professional athlete, uh -huh. maybe a yeah. fireman. That's or, my son, yep, professional fireman. soccer. Yep. 
or when we got a little older, maybe a Playboy photographer. So okay, but, don't tell my son that. Yeah. Okay, not, no, yeah. Plus, kids nowadays, <laughs> Playboy is so tame. Yeah, and it's so like, yeah, nineteen ninety. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like you know, more like nineteen fifties. You know, like, okay. come on. That's when it was classy. But, but so I really figured I, I that was my life. Yeah. Uh, I went to college at MIT. You know, which I think is Very the number one, number one computer science school in the world. Yeah, pretty much you write your ticket for that's what a I job. thought. Yep, that's what I thought. And uh, when that. I was at MIT, I discovered the internet and fell in love with it, which Aww. sounds funny today, right? Big hug. But back in the 80s, no one had ever heard of the internet. So it was a big deal. And I became one of the world's exactly. leading experts on internet programming. Oh, that's amazing. And at that time, when you were just getting into it and you were really falling in love with it, was it like Firefox, Mozilla? Oh, geez, what, no. Yo, years before, before that. Before that. It was more before that. like- There, the there was no World Wide Web. In the government. Right. It was pretty much uh, government research agencies, yeah. the military, the, the uh, uh, intelligence agencies, and certain elite universities that they sure. had partnerships with, mm -hmm. MIT being one of them. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was, yeah, there was no web. There was, there, there was no Netscape. None of that existed. Mm -hmm. we, we had text chat rooms and text bulletin boards and FTP and that was it, mm -hmm. but it was amazing. And so I really thought that was going to be my life. Yeah. And I went on to grad school at MIT and my graduate thesis was on sending real time video streams over the internet. Oh my God. That's right? amazing. You're a man a, ahead of your time. Yeah. And one of the cool things we did, I think it was around May of 1994, me and guys in my group, we sent the first ever live synchronized audio video stream over the web. So we were doing some really exciting? cool stuff. It was, it, <laughs> well, it, it, it was somewhat exciting. It was more exciting to other people because it was really just a, a couple oh, of X Windows yeah. hacks. If you looked under the hood, it wasn't that exciting, but we did it for the first time. No one had ever done it. Yeah. And so I really thought I was going to be hugely successful. I had job offers from Microsoft, Oracle, Netscape. Mm -hmm. I mean, you name it. They, they all were chasing me down the street. But I decided I wanted to be do a startup because I had this great networking technology I developed at MIT. Oh. And so before I finished my PhD, I had an opportunity to join a gaming startup. Uh-huh. And we'd wanted to build a game based on my technology. Oh, that's and amazing. Today, and just a side note, side note, I did ergonomic consulting and uh, I I worked at Netscape. Netscape oh, was one of my clients. Yeah. That's so cool. That's so yeah. cool. Yeah, it was a cool <clears throat> party. So we really thought we were going to take over the world. And yeah. today, this industry, it's about a $40 billion industry. Yeah, that's amazing. Of, of massively multiplayer online games. So right. I created the very first in <gasps> 1996, years ahead of the competition, uh, with, with a 14.4 modem, a 16 megahertz processor, and like eight megs of RAM. It was crazy. So and was it just not it. enough bandwidth? Like what was? Yeah. There just wasn't enough bandwidth. Ah, uh, okay. But I had learned how to fake it, which <laughs> is why this was so, it was revolutionary. Yeah. Um, we created this amazing game. Long story short, we lost our publisher three times all sorts of drama. The game was released half finished. And it was the day the game released that my whole life fell apart. Well, can you, what's the publisher? What do you mean by that? Uh, well, th there's usually a game developer 
Okay. There are usually some guys in a small office or someone's garage or basement working 22 hours a day year round to crank out code to make a game work, right? Right. Publishers are a bunch of guys with big salaries sitting in a boardroom somewhere, listening to pitches from, from developers, deciding who they're going to trust to give the next money to build the game. Oh, yeah. So a publisher is like an investor. It's kind of, yeah. Sort of like if you're going to make a movie, you have to have a studio behind you. Uh, yeah, a producer. Right. I so it's a, games is no different. So we we just had all the bad luck in the world and it all blew up because uh, uh, I was pushing myself really hard because oh, we, yeah. we had formed not one, but two companies. Okay. We had created a website company. We did uh, the website for Disneyland, uh, Sony PlayStation, Nissan Motors, like big clients, right? Oh, wow. That's, but that was I good got, money back then. It okay. was. I got so bored making websites, we decided to build a game, made a second okay. company. Okay. And... Uh, uh, I, I started to have really severe pain. Ah, uh, now at this point, can I, I'm sorry to interrupt, but how many hours were you working? Isn't it interesting? I do ergonomics too. Yeah. You yeah. know, but, but yeah, how many hours were you working? Um, eighty to one hundred a week. A week, so, yes. And there were no vacations, no weekends, no yeah, holidays. No, it was just yeah. Work. And and what about? Did you ever think about breaks or stretching or exercise? No. no. Of course not. Uh, of course, we, we were not. busy. We were busy writing code that was going to make us rich, and we didn't know. You know That's they say right. that nowadays there's that saying: "Sitting is the new smoking." Right. Mm -hmm. It might have been better for my health to take a smoke break every every hour. It really probably would have been. I'm not encouraging smoking. I'm just saying, given yeah. all the damage that that constant sitting did, it might have been better <laughs> to inhale some pollutants to give my muscles a break. Right. Yeah. But I started to have really severe pain. Now, now where did the pain start? And no, yeah. It started in my wrist. Okay. I remember the very right first wrist. RSI pain I had was in my right wrist. Mm -hmm. I was, um, the, the one uh, concession we gave to health was all of us three partners, we agreed to go do a gym or martial arts workout twice a week. Oh, okay. So that was our only concession to health. We're like, well, we need to get some exercise, right? Uh -huh. And so I was training in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu with uh, Professor Joe Moreira. He's one of the UFC fighters. And I remember doing push-ups in Jiu-Jitsu class. I'm like, wow, my wrist That's is a hard really workout, sick. right? It is. It's brutal. Yeah, it's really hard. Br brutally hard. And my wrist was a little stiff. That was the first time. And then it just got progressively worse. And uh, here, here's you where you just it gets... ignored it. Like you yeah. just, I just ignored it. it. They're like, yeah, stretch it out, put some ice on it, whatever. Right. Get a massage. Mm -hmm. You'll be fine. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was very interesting. And th this is where the emotional connection comes in. The day the pain took me down, it was the, it was in the evening of the day that my uh, grad school girlfriend who was supposed to be moving to LA to join me, dumped me. And that day, the pain went from annoying, like level one pain to like level seven to where I could barely work. Wow. So that it was definitely that, that I, I didn't make the connection at the time, but there's absolutely that emotional a, connection. Yes, there's a big emotional connection. I remember that night I went out to open my car and my hands were shaking so bad I couldn't open my car door. And for the young people watching, we used to have to take keys and put them in the lock and turn. <laughs> right? Yeah, and the you young people are going, all the Gen Zers are like, well, what's he talking about? Car doors? Why would you have a key for a car door? 
Cars, car doors don't have keys. You have a fob, right? It's all electronic. But yeah, yeah. I, I literally, my hands were shaking so bad, I couldn't open my car door. And I thought, oh, this is bad. But I didn't panic. Because up to that point in my life, if you had some pain or you were sick, you went to a doctor, they gave you something, you'd be fine. At least that's how I thought it was. And so long story short, I spent the next three years in increasing amounts of physical therapy. Okay. And I slowly moved up the food chain of the physical therapy world. After about a year and a half, I ended up at Curlin Job, which is po possibly the top physical therapy clinic in the whole country. Maybe the best. Was that in LA? I've, yes, I it's in LA. It's near the airport. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I, yep. I have seen that one. I used to live yep. in LA. So, okay. And so they I'm treat there. all the top athletes. They do. Mm -hmm. So it was pretty cool. I was there for like a year and a half. Mm -hmm. I saw a good number of the Lakers, the Dodgers, yeah. you know, all the, the professionals, some members of the of the Olympic team, right? I mean, it was Were mostly you starstruck. Were you uh, starstruck? No. I was in so much pain and so depressed. I oh, it okay. was kind of cool, right? But I've also I grew up in L.A. I've met a ton of celebrities. Oh, OK. Right? So it's not a big deal to you. Yeah. I mean, I used to chat with James Worthy at the steam room at my gym because he was all he was a Lakers star back in the day. Yeah. I'm like, man, you look a lot like James Worthy. He's like, yeah, I am. I'm like, really? Cool. But he, he, he was a member at my gym. Had in, a the bunch steam of talks room. in the steam room. Yep. Yeah. So it wasn't that big of a deal to me. Well, but, OK. A little side note. Where where did you grow up? What part of uh, life? in Irvine? Which is Southern, which oh, is yeah, uh, Southern, Orange County. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Orange County. Uh huh. Yeah. And it's funny, if you don't live in Southern California, Irvine is LA. Yeah. Say. If you do live there, they're totally. I was like, right? oh, that is so not LA. Right. It'd be like New Yorkers. Long Island isn't really considered New York. New York by people that live in Brooklyn or Manhattan, right? <laughs> right, right. But if you live in San Diego, Long Island is New York. It's all the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay, yeah, I yeah. Yeah. So that, that was kind of interesting. That is. And, and so what happened was, um, I started on this therapy and I didn't get better. I got worse. So the amount of work I did went from 100 to 90 to 80 to 70. And then I got dumped by my girlfriend. It dropped it to like 40 overnight. Oh, wow. And it just went down 30, 20. But by, by early 1998, I was working maybe five to 10 hours a week. And that required 20 to 30 hours of setup and heat and ice and stretching and and machines. Mm -hmm. So for every hour I spent at the keyboard, I spent at least three or four in therapy and recovery. So at this point you have mobility, but you didn't have, um, were you thinking about surgery or did you already have surgery? Like, I, I had, I had avoided surgeries because it didn't yeah. seem how surgery would help. Yeah. And, uh, that, that lasted and, uh, it all blew up in 1998 when uh, it was the day the game released. When I walked in, my business partner and best friend, his name was Josh. I suppose it still is, right? I just haven't talked to him in a long time. <laughs> yeah, I'm never sure whether to use past tense. <laughs> Hopefully he didn't die or, yeah, yeah change may, his name. Maybe he changed his name. I don't know, right? Yeah. Like I say, you know, my, my ex-wife, is uh, first wife is, was Japanese. I suppose she still is, right? Yeah, uh, racial identity but because seems, she was your ex-wife. It, it seems yeah, unlikely yeah. to change, right? But anyhow. And uh, another profound side note. <laughs> yeah. And so I found him getting busy with a woman that I was crazy in love with. And, Your business partner? Yep. And my lifelong best friend. So, but were you, okay, was this person, <laughs> sorry, this is so juicy. This person, were you in a relationship with them? 
We were dating. Yes. You were dating. Okay. Um, we hadn't up. talked exclusivity, but we had been out several times and fooled around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, right. But so it, it wasn't like official. we've been dating for two years. We weren't like official. Right, but you were falling in love. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Totally. Mm -hmm. we, we've been we've been out, you know, three, four, five times over the last month and having fun and things were building and growing, right? Yeah. And, and he I found knew MPA. her. Like you yep. introduced her to him. And yeah. uh and that that was devastating. And that blew up our friendship. And uh when um uh, I got the final doctor's report. They recommended me for lifetime disability. Uh, they just fired me from the company. <gasps> it was that simple. And but, then, but weren't you the founder? And the I was, owner? but th they, they had played. That? They, I had trusted him too much. Oh yeah, he had that. played games with the paperwork. I just trusted Josh would all set it up. Well, he set up all these, you know, pitfalls and traps and sneaky stuff in the contract. So essentially, I sacrificed not only my whole life and but my health and three years of my life to make them rich they sold the website company for millions of dollars behind my back they lied to me lied about the settlement gave me a small amount of money turned out a year later i found out they lied to me so i had to hire another set of lawyers another lawsuit yeah. it was a nightmare and uh basically i ended up by the end of 1998 uh, i was put on lifetime disability been told there was no possibility I could ever go back to work. Uh, I was living with my parents and I had no money. Uh, and I had lost my companies as well as my best friend and my entire ability to have a career in technology or yeah. any career for that matter. I mean, I was in so much pain that like something, a job like being a cashier or working at a car wash couldn't yeah, do you it. Couldn't. Yeah, you couldn't I do just it. couldn't do it. And so uh, that... I then got really depressed. I started drinking a lot, using drugs. I got really suicidal, which I think that's understandable, right? Mm -hmm. Because remember, when I was 25, I was coming out of MIT as one of the world's leading internet experts yeah. right at the start of the internet boom. Yeah. It's hard to imagine someone having a better setup for success in life. Right. And three years later, I'm living with horrible chronic pain, been told I can never work again, have lost my companies, lost my best friend, lost the woman I was in love with, and had basically nothing to look forward to but watching TV till I die. Mm -hmm. So that it was understandable. I was really depressed, day drinking, using drugs, doing stupid and dangerous things. Uh, you know, not a good idea to ride on your motorcycle drunk. Very bad idea. Yes. Okay. And so. Okay. Yeah. And so, are you getting to the point where you where you got immobile and almost? Yep. Almost. And so long story, <laughs> because long story I have, short. Like so many healing questions for yeah, you. Yeah. So long Disney. story short, uh, I had a friend of mine get me really into positive thinking, which was good for a while. You know, nowadays we call it the law of attraction, same stuff, right? Jump on the stage, vision board, mantras, mastermind. But that didn't do anything for me. It was fun, but nothing changed. Then I had another friend get me into alternative medicine. <laughs> and for the next five years, I was basically a full-time patient running around to as much treatment as I could get. You mean Some like it, acupuncture? And uh, I was still doing physical therapy and the conventional oh, stuff, mm -hmm. but I was also branching out into acupuncture and herbs and cleanses yeah. and homeopathy and things like that. Mm -hmm. And some of it got paid through the insurance company, but a lot of it was gone on my credit card. So by 2003, I had like 50 grand in credit card debt. No, no income other than disability payments. 
And I was in a bad position. So I agreed to have an experimental surgery. And just so everyone knows, in these five years, I was doing everything I could. Yeah. You name it. You know, ergonomics, acupuncture, herbs, cleanses, magnets, machines, mantras, meditation, hands-on. I mean, oh, you it's just... not like you were giving up. It's not That's like... Right. That's right. Yeah. That's why I say I was a full-time patient. Yeah. I was spending 30, 40, 50 hours a week seeking and getting treatments. And I didn't get better. I got worse. Nothing worked for me. Mm -hmm. It was so frustrating. Okay. Then I had in experimental surgery. And what was the surgery called? It was a, a, an experimental arthroscopic debridement. Oh, okay. And at the time, not now they're done routinely, but at the time it was still experimental. And honestly, the only reason I agreed to the surgery was my work comp lawyer said, Brent, I can't keep you, you, you in disability payments. Uh, if, unless you have surgery, you've been in, you've been on the, okay. you've been in the system too long. Yeah. And he said, I found this one I think will help. And so I had the surgery and I woke up and my arm was completely paralyzed. Couldn't move it at all. And I remember the doctor just looked and said, oh, that's interesting. Made a few notes and walked away. Mm. That was that. It was like, oh, somebody else's problem. And uh, that was probably the low point physically. Because I still had horrific pain, but now I couldn't move my arm. So I couldn't write. I couldn't shave. It'd be, I, I could drive an automatic, but it's dangerous to drive one-handed. I don't recommend it. You should mm. really have two hands when you're driving, right? And it was really bad. And uh, I tried CPM machines and dynasplints and manipulations under local anesthesia. Nothing helped. It was then that it was actually my Aunt Lauren mm -hmm. told me about her friend, Terry. And Terry had been a Wharton School MBA, big finance career. And she had almost died from black mold exposure. Wow. And found that th this energy healing alternative medicine was the only thing that worked. It literally saved her life. And so she just quit her job in finance to be a professional healer, which is pretty okay. cool. But if you knew Terry, it fit her personality, right? Very confident. And so but you hired her. Yep. And I was her first professional client. Isn't that crazy? What do you mean? Like, like you, she hadn't had any other clients before you. She had never charged anybody for a session before. Me. Oh my God. That was That's me what like I five years ago. Yeah. I was her very first professional client. Very cool. And uh, honestly, I didn't expect much would happen. I was just there because I couldn't move my arm. And my aunt Lauren kept uh, nagging me. Hey, Brent, call Terry, call Terry. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, did like, you believe in energy healing? No. no. no okay. Now, I didn't, uh, with a caveat, I knew enough about science to know that it would be ignorant for me to rule it out. Okay. Just like, I Fair think enough. any good scientist, no good scientist should ever be convinced there is no God. Mm -hmm. There is no way you could ever prove that within the universe. You know, it's like, uh, can you prove to me that nobody can break into your home? How do you do that? You can't. All you can do is the opposite. You can prove someone can break in, hire them to break in, right? In computer security, they call them tiger teams. You hire experts to try to crack your system, right? But you cannot prove that something does not exist or can't happen easily. So I thought maybe, but I thought all the, all the new age hippie stuff was a bunch of nonsense. Yeah. So you I kind really of did. let that go. You were a little bit open to it. Yeah, I was okay. a little bit open, but I had no expectations. Yeah. 
I just thought it's actually better. Yeah, some new aging nonsense for an hour, then I go back to my miserable life. That's what I expected. Why? I've been to lots of different kinds of healers before. I had done Reiki healing and pranic healing and different Mm -hmm. kinds of hands-on. And, you know, it just seemed like a waste of time. Yeah. And what did she call it? She called it just energy healing or did she have a... Yeah, she called it um, healing with the theta brainwave. Oh, theta. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And so what, what she explained was it's about getting to a theta state to release subconscious blocks. And when you release the subconscious blocks, you can heal your body, make more money, have a better life. And again, sounded like a bunch of new age nonsense, right? When I had the session, she asked me about my parents and my childhood and my best friend and the woman that broke my heart and all these things, right? Mm -hmm. And we're doing muscle testing and she's doing this block clearing thing. And at the end of the hour, she's like, okay, Brent, we're going to heal your elbow. And I'm like, yeah, lady, sure, right? You and what army, right? And I remember so clearly, she kind of sat back in her chair and her eyes kind of rolled back into her head, kind of like this. And I remember I'm looking out the window, thinking about what I want to get for lunch on the way home, right? I'm like, this is fun, but you know, whatever, I'm over it. And there was this loud crack inside my elbow. I could feel it and I heard it, right? It was like, you know, one of those little cracks and pops we all get from aging when we get up in the morning, but like times a hundred. Yeah, the joints pop. Mm -hmm. Right. It was like times a hundred. It was like someone set off a small bomb in my, in my, it was like, right. And I was like, well, that's a miracle. You had a miracle. I remember uh, Terry opened her eyes and said, okay, dear, let's try your arm now. I'm like, what? She's like, try your arm. And I was like, oh my God. That's not actually what I said. What I said probably couldn't be said on a a PG or G rated podcast, right? Yeah. It was a little more adult. Yeah, yeah. Insert favorite profanity here. I was so surprised. Like you said, I had experienced a real miracle. Yeah, that was a true miracle. That was a true miracle. And it changed the course of my life. However, I want to be honest with people. I think in the self-improvement world, the new age stuff, there's too much exaggeration, too much nonsense, too much bull. And so I want to be crystal clear and honest. Did my elbow paralyzed by the surgery instantly heal? Yes. And never gave me a problem again. It's not like it came back the next day. Instantly, permanently healed. So that really happened. What did not happen is that all of my problems resolved in an hour. (laughs) I still had chronic pain. Because it's layers. There's there's layers of healing. Yes, I still had chronic pain in my back and my arms. I was depressed. That's what needed to happen that day. That's right. There was still a, a long process to go through. So yeah. I just don't want anyone to get the impression that in that one everything hour, is I can healed. make yeah. your life perfect. I, that's a fantasy. But it's but, also, it's not just not a fantasy. It's also not our journey here on earth to just have everything healed right. in an instant because then we would just ascend to heaven because what right. would be our purpose? That's right. It's like, uh, you know, I used to be a big video gamer as a video game developer. Mm-hmm. Every video gamer knows you can easily look up cheat codes nowadays it's really easy on the internet, right? Yeah. Whatever your favorite game is, cheat code, Wrath of the Righteous, right? Boom, there they are. Mm-hmm. And you can use the cheat codes and you can just win every game. But when you do that, it stops being fun. It's fun the first two, three times, but then you're over it. So exactly, that that's not our path. Mm. And But it did give me a whole new life. Yes. Because <laughs> it gave me a career that not only was something that I had some interest in, you know, having my own life-changing miracle, of course I wanted to share that, right? Yeah. Just like Terry. She had found a woman doing this process 
Terry was dying of black mold exposure. And it saved her life. And she's like, oh, my God, people need to know about this, right? Yeah. And she quit her job and started teaching and practicing healing. And okay. I did the same thing. Though, admittedly, my job at the time was being on disability. But I, okay. I, I quit my job. Yeah. And but, became a healer. Yeah, but you had a big uh, career in technology and two startups that yep. that were successful. So I want to get into what you're doing now. Yep. Movement feedback holography. Yep. And so um, what is this? Is this the only type of modality that you're using with your clients? Uh, it's so not. It's not. That's a great question. That a lot of people in, in this industry want to know what's the best, what's the most powerful. I'm only interested in the best. <laughs> what I would say is it doesn't work that way. That's right. That you need multiple things working together. Right. So um, what the, the way I look at it is this to understand movement. It, it's really helpful to understand what I call the three generations of consciousness technology. Because, oh, my God. Can you say that again? Sure. Say that last part again. There are three generations of consciousness technology. OK, cool. Thank you. And because self-improvement, energy healing, meditation, intuition, these are all technology. Like it or not. There's ways to do it that create the effects you want and other ways that don't work. It's no different than building an airplane or a stereo or the Internet. And so if you look at all the stuff that's out there, it can actually be pretty easily categorized into three generations. The first generation of consciousness technology is sort of the old school positive thinking, three can think and grow rich, the secret. So mantras, vision boards, masterminds, jump on the stage, shout out you're a millionaire, high five your friends, right? Yeah. And it's worth doing. Just be careful. Don't spend a, a lot of money on it because it doesn't work for most people. There was a university in Canada that did it, a, a formal research project on the law of attraction. Their conclusion was less than 1% of the participants felt they got positive results. Yeah. That's bad. Right. Yeah, because it's it's missing a few things. It is. And like, so, uh, something, so it, something with quantum physics, it feels like the law of vibration or frequency. Yeah, it's a it's a good it's a fine place to start. Yeah. But I don't spend a lot of time teaching or practicing that because okay. it's obvious. Go read Think and Grow Rich or watch <laughs> the season, right? You got it all next, right? Okay. So things get really interesting when we move into the second generation. And here's the distinguishing feature. The second generation technologies have specific processes for working directly with the subconscious mind. Mm -hmm. That's a game changer. So okay. hypnosis, NLP, uh, mm -hmm. emotion code, psyche, the healing codes. These are all examples of what I would call second gen technologies. Okay. And most of them work in kind of this fashion. We use some process, often muscle testing, sometimes machines or other biofeedback to find some kind of subconscious block. Then we have some kind of process technique machine to clear it. Now, is that what you're um, inferring that your process is in that category? The um, second gen? The movement is not. The movement's in the third gen. But a lot of what I teach is in the second gen. Okay, got Because it. it's very useful stuff. Okay. The cool very things cool. about the second gen is... This is where you see the medical miracles. 
So like my elbow instantly healing. Yeah. I, I mean, love I could, your mind. It's amazing. I, I go on and on with start. all the miracles. Yeah. Uh, my mother instantly healed from cancer, right? Yeah. I've had all sorts of people heal from, yeah. you know, I, I'm getting close to 20,000 miracles. Which yeah. Is I've healed myself from cancer too. Working with other healers also. Sure. Yeah. sure of course. So you start to see medical miracles and the success rate goes up a lot. You know, first gen, we're looking at 1% or less. Second gen, we're getting 10, 20, 30%, something like that, you know, where I could say if a hundred people come to me on average, at least 20 see some kind of big shift in their life in the first or second session. So that that's great, but it's at best 20, 30%. And the trouble with the second gens is a couple of things. One, it's all done through words and language. So we can only access those parts of the body, mind, and energy that are attached to words and language. So it's limited in that sense. And it doesn't really work for a presence, for getting yourself reconnected to the divine field. Mm. And now most people don't really care about that. Let me tell you what they will care about. That connection to the divine field is what makes you rich. So a lot of the second gen texts, they can help people with money, but you don't see a lot of big consistent breakthroughs. It's not a perfect fit. Again, it's worth doing, but don't hold your breath. And so the, the second gen technologies are amazing. And roughly half of what I teach is a very advanced second gen tech. Okay. A very powerful, easy system of, okay, here's who I'd find the blocks, find the core, clear it, change the energy and boom, people heal. Yeah, that's what I, how I heal. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I have a system that's very good. Uh, but again, you don't want to get rid of it because if I want to go from LA to Tokyo, how am I going to get there? Am I going to walk? Am I going to get in a car? Or am I going to be on an airplane? Mm -hmm. I think the obvious answer is I need all three. Right? Even if you parked an airplane outside my home, I still have to get out to it. Mm -hmm. So first generation is walking. Second generation is your car. Third generation is the airplane. Okay. You want all three. The, okay, let's get to yours is third yep. generation. I'm like, the, the third generation it. is not all better in every respect. It's different. I get it. So the third well, generation. A little bit. Now, come on. Yes. In but some you, ways, yes. It can okay. do things that other You're things can't humble. do. You're being humble now. Maybe. Come on. Well, it's like saying, <laughs> Maybe. Is, a, is, is a backhoe better than a shovel? Sort of. But if you want to dig a small hole in a sensitive area, you don't want to use the backhoe. It's too powerful. It's too dangerous, too expensive. Okay, right? fine. Yeah, okay, yeah. fine. So, I'll, I'll accept that. So, I'm on your I'm so on the, the same page now. When we move into the third generation, here's the changes. One is we let go of a lot of the words. It's a more visual and symbolic process. Okay. More, um, more innate to the body. Okay. And a lot of second gen stuff is done mostly sitting motionless, imagining with the mind. If there is a physical component, it's usually limited. Tapping on the body, pulling the fingers to muscle test. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hooking EFT. up a machine, right? Right. The the mm -hmm. third gen is very much a physical process of movement. Combined with the meditation, it's both together. Oh, I love it. That is totally my bag. Yep. Because I find frequently I am doing like Tai Chi when when I'm healing others, but also just meditating. I'm like, mm -hmm. I, I want to move. My body That's wants exactly to move. That's exactly right. So that's exactly that's, right. in, that's uh, so interesting. in, in the uh, Chinese arts, they see it as a triad mm. as Tai Chi, Nei Kung and meditation mm. that they all work together. They have different purposes.
Okay. And that's how I see the three generations. They all work together. Right? I see. If I want to get from, say, I live in Las Vegas, if I want to go to Tokyo, it's simple. I walk to my garage and get in my car, right? Drive my car to the airport, walk through the airport, get on an airplane, fly over the ocean to Tokyo, right? Walk off the airplane through the airport into another car, take a cab to my hotel, right? Walk up into the room. Okay. So by okay. using all three, we can actually get somewhere we want to go, right? And uh, here, here's the thing that the, the first and second gens can't do. They can't get life force and consciousness back into your body. Yeah. So explain yours then. What do you do? So th this is how I would describe it, that everyone wants to feel more confident. Everyone wants to make more money and have a better life for the most part, right? Yeah. I mean, they is, might have some blocks to sure. that. The trouble is most people don't understand all it takes to get there. That's all true. All it takes is simple. You must simply be present with your body full of consciousness, fully connected to the space around you. Mm. That is a rough definition of enlightenment. Is that a quantum field also? Yes, absolutely. Yes, that, that's what I would call the quantum field. Okay. The life force, the, the divine field around us. And that, if you want to make more money, have more confidence, be more present, more charismatic. I'm sure you've had experiences of seeing someone when they walk into the room, people feel it. Oh, yeah. Some celebrities and politicians are like this. Most are not, but some are. Yeah. They have just that energy, that presence. They walk in and you turn your head, you feel it, right? That yeah. is, that's really such a powerful thing. I can feel it online too. Sure. Yeah. You can I think feel I felt it, it with you. Absolutely. You mm -hmm. can feel that there are certain uh, uh, singers on YouTube, certain musicians yes. that I will watch just for their presence. For their presence. Exactly. There's a German guy, his name is, I think, Chris Pohl, I've been watching recently. Uh huh. You know, his music may or may not be your style, right? But he is so present, especially in his when, when he's older. He looks so much more powerful the videos this year than 20 years ago. That's someone that is on their spiritual journey. They're getting more grounded, more connected over time. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it, and it will result in money. That's downstream, right? Okay. It, it's not about money. It's about consciousness. But if you have a full of consciousness, money finds you. It's not too okay. different than being a man dating. There's this misnomer that women only like guys with money. I don't think that's true. Women like men with confidence and power and strength. And so and, and sometimes that comes with money. That's right. Those are the exact same attributes that tend to make you money. Mm -hmm. So that, that's what I think, that most women want a really confident man. Mm -hmm. And it just happens to be that confident men tend to make more money. And so here, here's the metaphor for, for everyone to help you understand. Imagine that you and me are sitting in a hot tub together. <laughs> right? Is this hot we're, tub we're, time machine? Uh, it could be. Am I weird? I love what that movie. You, what am I wearing? I love You're that movie. Me blush. Yep. Okay. So okay. we can be fully clothed, right? Yes. Our spouses are okay yes. with it. Nothing hinky's going on. They can be there too, right? Right. So we're, we're there with our with our families in, in a big hot tub, right? Okay. And let's say the water, there's no jets on. If I start moving my body around, you're going to feel that, aren't you? You're going to feel the, the vibration. The That's right. Because when I move my body, my, the water moves around me and the water moves you, right? In other you're, words, you're trying to explain your process through an analogy. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and I'm just like, do it, do it, get it out. Yeah. Okay. And so 
So you will feel that because there is a medium of connection. Mm-hmm. Now, so we're both connected when you get your clients and you connected to that field and then right. you start moving. Well, no, uh, we're almost there. So <laughs> we're, we're in the hot tub. When, when we're in the hot tub, the actions I take have effects. In other words, I move my arm. There's a little wave of water, right? So I'm actually connected to something. So my actions have results. Now imagine we go up into outer space, floating around in spacesuits. If I start moving my arms like I did in the hot tub, you're not going to feel it at all. Why? There's no medium connecting us. There's It's a void, right? If I'm flailing my arms around, all I'm going to do is get tired and burn up my air. Mm-hmm. This is what happens in our lives. That when we're born, it's crazy that the one experience I ever had of being beamed with energy more powerfully than my late mentor, Carl, was the very first day my son was born. Mm. He took me right into the quantum field. It was incredible. And part of me goes, wow, this is amazing. Another part of me went, hey, we can save a lot of money on privates with Carl now. <laughs> right? We got a kid. And by the second day, it was gone. He lost it. Less than 24 hours on Earth. And here's what happens when we take actions. If we're living in our mind, if we're not full of consciousness, the actions have no result. You can bust your ass, work a hundred hour week for three years and you'll get nothing out of it because your actions are not connected to anything. Mm. That's how most of us live and have no idea, which is why I wrote this book, why I'm here. I want to help get you back in the water because when you're connected, you take an action, it has a result. It has an effect. So if you do do a bunch of hard work, we want that to come back as a positive result. You make money, you get a promotion, you get a good job. People know who you are. But so many of us are living in the mind that we don't even realize we're, we're so disconnected. And we're exerting all this huge energy doing all these things that have almost no result. Good news is once we can get you connected in and get consciousness back in your body, you will become lucky. <laughs> it sounds stupid. Create and your luck. Liquid luck. But Carl warned me about this. He goes, Brent, you know. Who's people, Carl, by the way? Uh, Carl was my late mentor who I learned movement from. Oh, you learned this practice. Yes. Okay. And it was a whole crazy story there. We'll save till next time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 A whole, whole nother crazy story. Okay. I, I want to I talk a little more about the movement. In, yes, in, of course. Right? Yes. So what, what happens is that when you work second gen on the subconscious, you're working one line at a time. So it's like individual lines of code and software, right? So that will work, but it can be a little slow. One of the cool things about movement is because it's visual and symbolic, we're working on the level of entire routines. So therefore, in a digging session, we might clear 50, 60, 70 blocks in an hour. In a movement session, we could get thousands. Whoa. Yes. Okay. How many does a person typically have? Is it thousands? Uh, I would say hundreds of thousands. Oh, hundreds of thousands. If I had to take a guess. Wow. Is that because we're taking on uh, the collective? Like That's part humanity? of it. Uh, yeah. Most of it is genetic. That's genetic. my experience. Yeah. That's if my I had to throw numbers genetic. on it, yeah. 60% is genetic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, most of the rest is a combination of past life memories mm -hmm. and soul contracts and collective consciousness. Yeah. 
And again, it's a, it's a rough model, not exact, yeah. but good enough for the for the for this purpose, right? Mm-hmm. And so this is pretty sophisticated, you know. But is. I get it. <laughs> yeah, and I'll I'll caution everyone. This is this is advanced stuff, even within it, the new age world. It, it is. It is <laughs> right. advanced. Believe yes. If you've That's never worked with a healer or done a meditation class, movement might not be the best first choice. Yeah. But then again, it might be okay because I don't have to unlearn a bunch of crap you've learned by other people first, right? Yeah, you could be more open to it. Right. So it's not necessary to have a big background in this stuff, but it is kind of out there. Mm-hmm. And it does have a steep learning curve. Mm. This is not an easy thing to learn, but it is so phenomenally powerful. Yeah. But, you know, it's like it's like a car. It's much easier to drive a passenger car than, say, uh, an, uh, an Indy 500 race car. Most of us, you put an average person in the Indy 500 race car, you'll blow up the engine before it rolls five feet. They're really sensitive. You've got to be really good at knowing what you're doing, right? But if you know how to drive it, it will go insanely fast. Because a lot of those guys are driving 200 miles an hour nonstop for two and a half hours, right? So movement is that. It can do things nothing else can. But it is a little weird. Uh, It's nonlinear. And it doesn't make a lot of sense if you've done more traditional first, second gen processes. Mm -hmm. But I do think this is maybe a better fit for more normal people who don't necessarily want to learn all the ins and outs of metaphysics and block clearing, Mm -hmm. but want to go more directly to something that they can really feel in their bodies that impacts their life. So this is, uh, it's different for sure. Do you, do you do one-on-one sessions, group sessions? Like how, how are you administering this? I do. Um, the, uh, the best way for most people to learn more about it is uh, I'm going to give everyone two great options. You can do either or both. If you like to read and learn kind of the technical details, I have a brand new book called Movement Feedback Holography. I think I'm charging $3 on Amazon Kindle for it. So it won't break the bank. It'll go into a pretty detailed discussion of how movement got created, how it works, what a session looks like, some do's and mm-hmm. don'ts. So a lot of the detail. Yeah, so and that's I can what you're put that for. in the yeah. show notes. I'll put that awesome. in the show notes. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Now, okay. the second thing I offer is a few times a year, I do live webinars. Oh. I actually do these as interactive processes. Oh my gosh, a few times a year. Yep. Very rare. <laughs> yep. And, uh, but we have one coming up. So, uh, you know, check my website, awakeningdynamics.com. Mm-hmm. And on the webinar, I'm going to talk about, you know, the whole spectrum of awakening dynamics, as well as do interactive exercises. I will show the movement. I will show you how to check for blocks. I will do block clearing. And the highlight for a lot of people is bringing everyone into the quantum field with the entrainment. Right. Do you charge for those? Not not for the heelathon. Nope. Oh, my totally God. Free. Yeah, that's amazing. Everybody yes, can do this. Th- this is the process where I reconnect you into the divine field. Yeah. And many people experience a few things. A lot of people start to see energy and auras with their open eyes. So that's really cool. More importantly, if you're in any kind of pain or stress, it reduces. Mm-hmm. It, it really works like magic. And my late mentor, Carl, he could do this with women in labor and take away their pain. Amazing. Which is really amazing. It really is that powerful. So for those that want to experience it, be directly involved, hands-on, come to the webinar. It's called the Healathon. Again, just head to my website, awakeningdynamics.com. And, uh, you know, we'd love to have you there. Oh, my God, I'm like writing it down. I'm ready. (laughs) 
Yeah. I want to learn. I'm so fascinated by this. So what does rollerblading have to do with this? Well, rollerblading came into this because that was my first movement session with Carl. Oh, okay. And how did you discover, like, that's such an interesting. It is. It's not like one day I started Googling, is there some weird old guy on Venice Beach that I can pay $500 to videotape me while I'm rollerblading? That's oh my not God, what it happened. Was it Venice? I've lived yep. in Venice. Yep. I've Santa Monica, Venice. between Venice yeah. and Santa Monica, yeah. that, that area. Mm-hmm. I forget where the exact cutoff is. That's I don't fine. know if the rollerblade, you know, <laughs> you the don't place have to they, be exact. Yeah. You know the place where they rent the rollerblade equipment? Yeah. I mean, it was there. It's kind of right, right near the border, one of the two. Yeah. And, uh, and it was because I had just finished a 110 hour package with my life and dating coach. And I had paid him a lot of money. We'd taken this to like a year and a half. And he was kind of at the point, he goes, Brent, I don't know what to do with you. <laughs> He's like, you're tall. You're not bad looking. You have a job. You like animals. You own a home. You're available. You, you like want animals. To, but you can't get a girlfriend to save your life. And he was right. And after 110 hours with Brian, I was his only one he could never help. He introduced me to Carl, picked me up the food chain. And so oh, cool. Brian convinced me, he goes, Brent, you need to see Carl. I think he's the only one that might be powerful enough to help you. And, uh, and I'm like, what? So you want me to pay some crazy old guy $500 to videotape me rollerblading in a circle in Venice Beach? He's like, yep. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, long story short, it absolutely changed my life that uh, I, I had, uh, it's no <laughs> joke. I had declared bankruptcy the day before I met Carl. That's no But you still paid him? I did. It was my last $500. Oh my God. That's amazing. And that was, a, that was a big deal. That was a big deal. Yeah. That's like a year and a half of Starbucks, right? I could have gone to a Lakers game, all the things I could have done with that money. But I went to see Carl and, uh, it was the most amazing thing that he, we did the movement session. He gave me the feedback and uh, I had at the end of about four weeks after I had $50,000 in the bank. That's amazing. My business just exploded. Oh, wow. That's so incredible. I love that. And and I know we can share more about that, but I have to wrap up a little bit. So what is Zen success to you? And do you feel you've achieved it? You know, I think uh, Zen success is feeling you've met your own definition of success. And, you know, I'm going to give you two answers. Do I feel I've met the definition of success that my ego laid out as a young man? No. I'll say no, I did not achieve those. I was not worth $100 million by the time I was 30. I have never owned a private island full of hot tubs populated with supermodels. None of those things, right? But have I achieved something that's even more important and more meaningful, even though it wasn't what I was originally looking out for? Yes. So by that, I would say yes. If that is in success, then I think I feel I've achieved that. And I'd, I'd love other people to show them theirs. That's amazing. For, for many of us, what's really going to work for you in your life isn't exactly what you think, you know? Yeah. I thought I was going to be a software engineer. I was truly one of the best in the world. Yeah. There was a time. It's been such a pleasure getting to know you and hearing about your movement, feedback, holography. And I'll put your website, how to buy your books, how to book the Healathon. So thanks so much for being on my show today. Oh, this has been great. We should do it again.
Absolutely. Take care. That's it for today's episode of Zen Success. Head on over to iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you listen to shows. Zen Success is also available on the radio in select markets through amfm247.com. Subscribe to the show and share with friends. Be sure to head on over to zensuccessshow.com to help you on your Zen Success journey. And join us on the next episode. May you find your own Zen Success in life.